Welcome to the 2021 team preview for the Hangzhou Spark. Here at Plat Chat, we are joined by the most esteemed of colleagues. It's Sharkman Jaws, who's, I mean, you're, you're looking, you're looking like it was the 20th of April. You are out here at 4.20 p.m. right now. What's, what, what's all, what's good, Jaws? Well, uh, mate, you want to tell uh, what day I've had? Well, mate, I uh, went to the gym. Realized I completely forgot because I haven't been to the gym in a long time that my blood sugar just dips below uh, probably about minus 100. I don't know how you calculate blood sugar, but it's, it's, it's pretty low. If it's on the scale of oblivion stats, yeah, I'm in the negative right now, past novice tier. And uh, now for the rest of the day, recording a few podcasts, try to recoup that sugar by eating a whole bar of Toblerone. Did it work? Did it fuck? <laughs> you went to the gym and then ate a whole bar of Toblerone? I also ate a ton of other food too, but my blood sugar was like, not today, bitch. And now I'm here. Your life Are you okay, is... Joss? Do you need to talk? I've been talking for you... four straight hours, but I don't think I need to talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are going to talk a little bit more. We're going to talk about the Hangzhou Spark. This team, I want to start the same way we did with the Changdu Hunters. I want to... I wanna... I want you guys to sell me on the Spark. Why should I be excited about the Spark this year compared to what they've done previously? Jaws, why, apart from the fact that you're going to bribe me with an entire thing of Toblerone, why, why should I watch the Spark next year? Why should I stay up till stupid APAC hours watching them? We trust in Element Mystic, and we trust in their scouting. Mr. Takiyaki and MCD being launched into the roster, although Takiyaki comes of age as of the 18th of april he then turns 18 which means he's eligible um but element mystic have proven time and time again they can feel the top tier talents of uh, any overwatch league team that is why i am most excited oh and of course the return the ever elusive almost like snillo in a way going into the forest picking mushrooms uh <laughs> in finland but he actually lives in korea so minsu is back baby He's back on the roster, and with a potential Zarya meta with uh, with the with the double bubble dive and the rush comps, Zarya's pretty damn good. Could even step in, of course, to uh, play the tank role, even though he is listed as a DPS. That is why I am most excited about right. Hunter's spot this season. All right, for anyone who isn't an Element Mystic simp, uh, Jonathan, why are you excited about the Spark next year? I mean, or are I can, you excited? I can give you. I mean, I can give you, I can give you a, another headline if you want, like I did in the Chengdu Hunters Oh, yeah. oh episode. yeah, give me, give me yeah. the news headline. What's but the news? Here, here's the problem. You know, if I wanted to get clicks on Reddit, I'd probably go with Sumin Su is back because that would get the people going. <laughs> Nobody knows why. It He's just back? gets the people Exclamation going. Exclamation mark, question mark, shocked emoji. <laughs> if Fuck I it. wanted to go Good for the up. franchise, the team overall... <laughs> I'd be like the super extreme, over-exaggerated headline would be like the most ambitious crossover in Overwatch history. Okay. Which is not, which is not true. But <laughs> we have a ton of Chinese star players on this team. And then we also have really good Korean players on this team. And that's really the only way this headline makes any sense whatsoever. So yeah. I haven't really told you anything of substance with that headline. No, I like it though. I like it because it, it does it does bring up one of the things I'm most interested in this year, which is this team has 12 fucking players on it. And yeah. and yeah. 
They're not quite, but they're basically split down the middle between Chinese and Korean. They actually have three uh, Korean DPS players and only one uh, Chinese DPS player, so it doesn't quite work out. But essentially, they have a full Chinese team, plus one, like, Korean sub, and then a full Korean team. It's literally split, split like they have one flex support that's Chinese and Korean, one main support that's Chinese and Korean, one main tank, one off tank, and then the DPS, like I said, is the only way in which you couldn't build out teams like this. And I, I am intrigued by this prospect because I mean, it, it doesn't look like an actual team roster. It looks like a Coachella lineup. <laughs> Coachella lineup. Coachella. Uh, please explain. No, it just looks like a Coachella lineup where it's like the individual names just like and you know how like it starts with like really big text and then it like goes smaller like the lesser known artist it is and it's like Who would you say is headline? Architect Su and then it's like Takuyaki Gushue Lige Godspi and then it's like Shy Mika IDK it's like I didn't do that any justice because obviously Shy is great and Gushue is great I just had random names on our roster but you get the idea I get what you mean, though. I get what you mean. It does. I mean, it's it is ludicrous. It's a little like um, Chengdu in that they have they've bought the dip exceptionally. Like this was supposed to be the your season. Stock comparisons. Oh yeah, dude. the stock comparisons are coming out in in force. I I I haven't been investing. Bad idea for anyone as stupid as me to get into the stock market, lose all my money in three seconds flat. But um, but the I feel like this year. It is a year in which a lot of teams are trying to minimize costs. We're going into online. You don't have to pay for your teams to be traveling around the world as much. You don't have to pay for them to... You don't have to be paying to be running events and such, uh, these kind of expenses. And also, a lot of other teams have decided to trim down the fat on their roster. They've gone for, like, uh, nine-player rosters instead of 12, or they've gone for a seven-man roster where you just have that one sub that's that's there. And you can very much tell what the core is for a lot of the teams. You, you have, like, some roles like DPS where people like to take four or sometimes even five, but a lot of the teams just have a core where you know who is going to play. When I look at this team and Chengdu, who we just did a review of a couple of days ago that you'll have already watched, I'm sure, and hit the subscribe and like button, haven't you? Haven't you? Yeah, for, Press for, like. for, for, for those teams, it, it feels like the exact opposite approach, where they've just invested heavily in Chinese talent and are trying to build that out. Makes a lot of sense for the Hangzhou Spark. They're adding to people like Gu Shui, who they've always had in the team. But I, I'd like to pose a question to you. Do you think the correct thing for the Hangzhou Spark to do next year is to run a Korean team and a Chinese team? Do you think that is viable? And do you think that that would be best for them? Oof, that's, that's a tough question. I've actually really tried to do some research here and try to get some answers to my questions because I know there are a couple of examples or I don't actually know, but I've heard this somewhere, and maybe you could tell me if I'm right or wrong, but I've heard somewhere, I can't remember why, that some Chinese contenders team actually scrim in English because they have some Korean talent on their Chinese teams. Sure, Which, yeah. So I've really tried to get this answer of like how the communication will be on the Hangzhou Spark. If they're actually going to come in English to make it better, or the Chinese players going to come 
Chinese to like their Chinese counterparts. I've tried to find the answer, but like I've searched around, haven't been able to find anything of substance. So I don't know. I'm not willing to sit here and say that like, oh my God, it's so crazy. How are they going to communicate between their Chinese and Korean players? Because I actually don't know whether they're going to separate those groups or if they have a way to like make them come together. And it could make all the difference, which is why this is such a wacky team, because we, there's this unknown element to like the communication and team building aspect that I don't have the answer for. I don't know if you guys have the answer. I don't know the answer, how they're going to communicate, how they're going to rotate this roster. I would like to imagine that they're going to communicate mostly in English, but it does scare me because I don't know how much experience some of these players have finding uh, finding a language to bridge all of the pieces. I don't know whether there have been any in-depth interviews this off-season, but I know in prior seasons, people asked the Hangzhou Spark how they communicate, and they said that they, they do use... Um, English, but they also have other. It's not like they're all trying to be fluent English. They they'll use Korean words for certain concepts. Like um, I think I'm right in in using these examples because they're they're dr getting dredged from my memory. But I think it was stuff like when the tanks need to be contesting the point and like rotating, ping ponging. You know this like concept that the Koreans use of the ping ponging the tanks they would use the Korean term for that because the concept is already built and packaged into that wording. But I think they used different words for some other Chinese concept, like the, the because previously they had, um, they, I, I can't remember what the synergy was. Maybe it was, I, I can't remember, but there was like two Chinese players that had like some team play that was between the two of them and they were trying to use like a Chinese nickname for that and then the other generic conversations or calls were some were a lot of the time in English as well. But I think they tried to blend things and make it as comfortable as possible for their players rather than trying to stick to the label of English and everything must be in English, or Korean, everything must be in Korean. I think it was a little more flexible, which sounds messy from the outside, and it probably is messy for somebody coming in. But if it works and your players are comfortable with it, it works. And the, the Chinese and Korean talent at, at the Tier 2 level, a lot of them have good English. It's hard to get, like, it's not listed on Liquipedia or, 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 like, anywhere that, like, speaks very good English. So you, you, you never exactly know from an outside point of view, unless you go and talk to the coaches specifically, which can be very hard in these examples. But I know that there was um, some people like the, fuck, who was it? I think it was the person that works for the Guangzhou Charge. I think it was one of their staff members put out a, a tweet chain saying that he was disappointed that more Chinese players weren't being given opportunities. And he said that the visa issues aren't as bad as you would think. The language is actually really good. Like most of the Chinese players in contenders have good enough English to be able to compete at the same level as any Korean player would as well. And so mm -hmm. he was trying to break down some of the assumptions that people tend to make about Chinese talent being more difficult to integrate into team systems. Um, so I'm inclined to give this team the benefit of the doubt because they've already had two years to build a system that integrates 
Korean and Chinese players together. They've done the groundwork of putting that shit in place. They've had good performances before. Like, they placed fourth in their opening season, right? Yeah, in 2019, they finished fourth. High, yeah. And then yeah. in 20, 2020, they were, they were decent. They weren't bad by any means. So I think the groundwork should have been set here for them to mingle their rosters. The only reason I'm making this question that they might split them apart is because they literally have one of every role in Chinese yeah. and Korean. Yeah. And it just screams that they're going to do that, even though I have no other reason to believe that they would. Yeah. It's, I'd uh, be surprised. It, yeah, I mean, so would I. I think at this stage in Overwatch, just talking about the Overwatch scene overall, I think we've left that sort of like separating mentality in the past. And I think it's all about creating the best combination of two worlds. I, I It has to be a... Con I mean, I, I'll ask you guys. It has to be a coincidence that they got one of each role, right? Because I... I I, I can't know. think of any tangible reason to why it would be beneficial to split them up. I, I think the only reason that I can come up with is that... Um, now, if we are discarding the idea that they're going to make an A-team... Well, maybe not an A-team and a B-team, but like two sister teams. Sister teams have not really been a thing in Overwatch. They haven't worked when people have tried them particularly. Um, the only successful examples have been like, I don't know, Atlanta Academy or the mixed teams that Shockers made to try and scrim their main team before they go to the finals. Like, the experiment with Souls, A-team and B-team was a bit of a an interesting experiment, but it didn't really go anywhere in the long term. So I don't think sister teams are the answer in, in Overwatch compared to like something like League of Legends where they have existed. But my thought process was, maybe they've done this so that if the gamble on the Chinese talent that they've picked up doesn't work out, like, for example, Liga, Liga is fantastic. He is an elite level off tank that has come into the league. But yeah. if something arises where he doesn't fit into your system, that you wouldn't be able to tell by looking at his VODs. It's something intangible. It's something to do with like he's just doesn't he just doesn't get the blend of languages that you're using. It's it's a, it's an unusual team dynamic and maybe he doesn't get it. Maybe there's a culture clash for one of these Chinese players that's brought in. And you have to resort to the easier option of, get, of making your team more and more Korean. That is the only reasoning that I can maybe see the logic for. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I, yeah, maybe coincidence. I understand that. I am worried, though, that you're... Like, oh, as you present it, and we don't know, I, I suppose we don't know if that, if that is what we're doing, and it's not a criticism of you, but if you're trying to get ahead of the problem like that, I worry that they will overcomplicate it or overthink it. Sure. Because it, yeah. there might just be a scenario where actually the best solution for the team is to play Takoyaki at main tank most of the time, and then play Lige off, at off tank. But then you start getting into these hoops of like, well... If we play Gushue with Lige, that might be better than Takoyaki um, and Lige, so we want to play Takoyaki and Bernard, and it's like these unnecessary options you have to overcomplicate things. I suppose that is what I'm worried about with this roster, is actually yeah. 
some people are actually giving this team the benefit of the doubt. I'm uncertain and worried until I actually see it in action. So I'm being cautious with this team. And that's part of why it's so difficult to predict this team. Because on paper, if we just talked about this team on paper, it would be sick. There's a ton of yeah. talent on this roster yes, just on is, paper, yeah. individually, right? But how it comes together, I have my concerns. Some people are optimistic. And I'm not saying anyone is right or wrong. But personally... I think there is a lot of potential problems here um, Let, if you're competing at a regular season. Let's go through some of the talent then and talk about the good sides of the Spark. They have 12 players, so I don't want to dwell on each one and take forever going through them. But like sure. a, quick, a quick look at the tank line. If you had to look at Gushue and Takayaki, Jaws already talked a bit about Takayaki playing for Element Mystic in the past as well. He was decent at the contenders level. Um, do you think that it's going to be a regular occurrence. Barring any, like, we overcomplicated it or we're playing him because he's Korean and that helps with language issues, if we judge them purely on paper, do you think there's many examples where Takayaki gets fielded over Gushui? I mean, I think it comes down to the Oris and the Wrecking Ball, right? Because I think you mentioned that Gushui specializes in the Reinhardt and Winston. Sorry, did you ask that question to Jaws? No, it was just an open yes, question. Okay. I'm interested in both <laughs> okay. of you. Go, go on, Johnny. I'm interested in both. No, no but I, I think it's one of those things where, like, Takoyaki complements Gushue in a way and, like, rounds out the hero pool. Um, if you wanted to speak more about that, Jaws. Well, I was going to say, Gushue's um his Winston is just elite. Yeah. Like, yeah. actually just elite tier. I see Takoyaki stepping in more for the Reinhardt than anything else, because um, that's just kind of what he played, always kind of has done in Contenders. But then, um, if we're just going this purely on paper, because I think that is quite an interesting thing to look at, what you said maybe a couple of minutes ago, was Liga is probably the best Zarya that they're going to have. Like, straight up. The guy's a monster, but then do they put him with um, Takiyaki? Don't know. Maybe they put Gushue on the Reinhardt. But I think personally, they're going to have Gushue with these more double bubbles if they do give them even playing time and then have Takiyaki on the Rhine because that's what he's been playing for. And it, I think it's easily his best hero. Um, I can't really say much more than that, to be honest, if they're going to yeah. go for this 50 50 split. And um, I mentioned it in a, a previous episode, but some of the players I spoke to when we were doing the Steel Series uh, tournament, yes, Steel yeah. Series Invitational, um, a lot of the players were saying, at the moment, it's very much about what you feel comfortable with as a team. Uh, and obviously it does become map dependent, but if you do feel like your double bubble is better, um, you can run that against the, um, the the rush. It's like not an issue as, as long as the map kind of allows you to run it uh, somewhat safely. I mean, this this might be a good example of a map actually. Uh, being lighthouse you can take the high ground with a double bubble pretty easily and uh, obviously the Ryan's eye at that point the rush likes to just kind of hold the hold the point um the, in my head that's what they do whether they end up doing that not entirely sure takiyaki i would say he would need a little bit of breaking in first definitely of course he is eligible on the 18th like that's just before the season starts am i correct yeah um, no, that's just that? after. I think the season begins April 16th, but I mean, that's 16th, just yeah, nitpicking. Okay. So basically, yes, he's, he's eligible yeah. for the, the start of the season too. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it because, yeah, I just see Takiyaki running the Rhine, Gushue running the Winston because they're yeah. both cracked out on those roles. 
Yeah, I could see that. I'm I'm not exactly sure who runs the ball for them, to be honest. Um, Atakiyaki wasn't somebody that I've spent a lot of time watching outside of him playing quite a bit of Reinhardt, but I, I can't remember whether he's got a great ball or something that he might bring out. And I don't know whether Gushway does particularly either because it wasn't something that he opted into previously. Now, whether that's even going to be a relevant situation for this uh, year, we don't know. But either yeah. way, they should have they should have a very competent main tank. And and I think it I think the whether they want to rotate it or whatever, I don't think the the main tank is gonna be the part that lets this team down. And I don't think the off tank is either. Because Liga or Banar, whoever you field, is gonna be elite. I mean, Banar is I think Liga actually has more potential, perhaps. Um I think he has more potential over Banar. But I still think Banar's very, very good. And even if you have to resort back to what on paper looks to be the weaker line of Takayaki and Banar at some point during the season, you can absolutely get away with that, and it's still going to be fine to get you wins against most teams. Um, there's more potential with the Chinese tank line, I think. But even if the like the worst case scenarios of them like messing everything up, unless the whole team just fails from a standpoint of we didn't we don't even know what we're doing because you're messing with us so much. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't seem to be that bad. And at its best, this line of Gushue and Lige has massive potential. Like, so, do absolutely. you think there's a world Somensu uh, comes in for, for the Zarya? Because in my head, I'm like, yeah, maybe he does, actually. And maybe at one point he actually comes in for Zarya. Because Zarya is pretty ridiculous. Like, it's kind of disgusting. I don't yeah. know. Do you think there's I, a possibility for that or no? Normally, I, I would I say mean, no. I don't know what the fuck Sominsu's doing on this roster, so exactly. I don't know. <laughs> I literally, I don't know. Like, maybe. He's one of the only players in the league that's on DPS where I could buy the argument that they've signed him for his Zarya because yeah. I don't know what other heroes they, they want him for. Um, I know, because they, the, the yeah, they, they've know. got so much flexibility in the DPS. Well, I guess we'll get to it in a minute, but they have so much flexibility in their DPS. Yeah, do yeah, you have any more I thoughts mean, about the off-tank situation? Well, I wanted to ask you, people, um, do, do you see this kind of scenario where like, maybe Bernard plays some of uh, the D.Va and maybe Ligue plays like the Sigma or Saria or like however you want to flip that around? Can you see a scenario in where like they have two off-tanks specializing in certain off-tank heroes? Sort of like what we talked about Takoyaki and Gushue having like different specialist picks when it comes to the main tank heroes? Or do you think that they'll stick with one for the most of the time? My gut feeling is that they're going to try and stick with one. And I think that it would probably be... I, I think it would be better to try and stick with Liga. Now, if there are yeah. hero pool problems with Liga that haven't been um, evident during contenders because the meta hasn't been there or the, or the competition hasn't been there and we find out that Liga isn't um, as well-rounded as uh, it may appear then Bernard would be an excellent addition. But I don't know where those holes are now looking in. Like, I don't... The problem when we look at content... Or the problem when I look at contenders VODs is that you, you want to look at the most recent stuff because it's when it's the most relevant stuff, but it doesn't show a huge range of metas. Like, the most recent tournaments in contenders, if you look over the past year, did not have the same range of meta diversity that the Overwatch League did, because the Overwatch League was messing around with hero pools and all sorts of other shit. So, um, I think for... I don't know the answer to that question until we hit a bunch of different metas, but 
I would be trying to stick with Gushra and Liga as much as possible unless you're forced outside of their comfort zone. Yeah, so so would I. I, I think that's probably your highest... Yeah, I, I think so too. But I feel worried and maybe I, I, maybe I have wrong inclinations, but I, what I do not want them to do, and I'm not saying they will do it, but what I do not want them to do is get into this extreme territory where Takoyaki plays some main tanks and Gushui plays some main tanks and then Bernard plays some off tanks and Liga plays some off tanks. So yeah. I do agree with you that... Um, I mean, maybe they've talked about this somewhere and I haven't read it, okay? Because I feel like I'm missing out on so much like information on what, what's going on with this team. Like, I don't feel well-researched about this team because it yeah, feels very yeah. chaotic. But, I, I, yeah, I, I really do hope they, they for the most, most, most of the time, they play Lige and um, Gushway to complement Lige and maybe sub in Takoyaki once in a while, which is a shame because Bernard is really fun to watch and I enjoy seeing him in the league. So I hope he, he has had a, a good tough bench. year last year, though. Did, yes. a brand new London Spitfire roster, right? I mean, you had people like Glister, who is at least my second pick for best pickup DPS-wise last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, there weren't really many high spots for that team, and I don't think a lot of people expected anything because a lot of those players came from, like, Gen GS. Like, yeah. some of them had only ever played in Korea Cups, which aren't even, like, contenders. Um, so he was kind of in a tough spot and having him on this team, I think it's going to give him a ton of experience around very experienced off tanks and very experienced main tanks and Absolutely. having the ability to kind of grow from there, I think is a good look for Banar and he's probably going to shine more than he ever has done, even if he gets only a couple of games in this season. Yeah. Well, you wanted to talk about Element Mystic, George, so I'm going to give you another opportunity here but when we talk about the support line because... Bebe, Bebe has left the team and moved over yep. to the Washington Justice, and that has opened up a gap in the flex support role, which has been filled MG. by MCD, and they have called us on the roster as well, who is somebody that um, hasn't, hasn't really been integrated effectively over the course of... Because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not tripping here. Coldest was on the team last year, right? And he just didn't get playtime because they hadn't integrated him properly. He played a couple of maps, didn't he? Didn't he play some honor? Yeah, I mean, he played a little bit, but he... but Yeah. He played one game right. against oh, the Hunters. And, and, and from, wait, let me see how many maps that was. From what I uh, saw... Gibraltar of or something? Or maybe that was... Dude, uh... he played one map, and it was Lijiang Tower against, um, yeah, the Chengdu Hunters. And they oh. lost that. The only map in this series they lost, yeah, he was on the team. but... I think that he's one of those players that's criminally underused in the Overwatch League. When yeah. I watched him play I mean, he's contenders, yeah. he's crazy talented. He's he's definitely better mechanically than a player like Bebe. And he didn't get used last year for whatever reason. And one of the problems with the communication between the Western side or the Anglophone side, let's say, of the Overwatch League and the, the non-Anglophone is that we just don't get information like that passed through. It's like, well, why, why was Coldest never actually fielded last year? What specifically were the problems? Is it a comms issue? Because if so, maybe that's not going to get fixed in the future. But they've at least kept him around for this year. So they must still believe that there's some, some potential to be mined from Coldest. And I feel, yeah, I feel like that is the way forward. Because MCD is an Element Mystic alumni... Um, but 
I still feel better about Coldest. At, at this point, having talked about the main tank, the off tank, and now the flex support, I'd be wanting them to run a full Chinese team in terms of those three if I had the reins of the roster. Sure. Yeah. No. I mean, I could definitely see it. I'm happy that MCD is finally in the in the league. Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit biased from a mystic standpoint. Of course, he did play way back on Foxes and whatnot in um, early contenders in 2018. But do you... Oh, man. The backline's so interesting because if you are running Gooshway and Liga, I feel like you might as well be running coldest. As, like, I'm happy for MCD who's coming in. But I agree. I just think you run coldest in this situation. In fact, I think you run the majority of the uh, the Chinese players that aren't on the DPS. I mean, lineup. hell, you could you could be running Mika as well. Mika actually did get integrated towards the end of the season with the Hangzhou Spark, and Mika looked good. Mika looked really good, and there wasn't just the situation yeah. of like, oh, Mika comes in and plays Mercy for them. Mika was playing some Lucio for them. Mika was playing some Mercy for them. I can't remember whether Mika played Brig for them as well, or whether that was even in the remember. meta at the time, but I remember being pretty impressed by how Mika was playing. I mean, there's four good Chinese players that I would consider to be good starters for the team. I know IDK is very good, but when you, if you had Gushue Lige and Coldest, I'd be wanting to run Mika as well at that point. It becomes a bit of a snowball of like getting the Chinese talent So this together. is the issue that I mentioned before. They have so many <laughs> yeah, options now with no clear reason as to why. It's not because they're like rounding out like the flexibility of like different metas or whatever. That's not what it feels like anyway. Are they snapping and up maybe... people to just sell? <laughs> like later <laughs> down the line? They're just trying to sell to Chengdu next players. year. Do you know what I mean? Like, hang on a second. Do they just... Hey, Takiyaki, come here, lad. You're going to be in the league at some point soon. You know, MCD, come on down. Uh, we'll roll the red carp out for you because, yeah, we may not be playing you a ton, but you're pretty good and you're probably going to be in the league next year as well. So we're going to sell you. That's honestly what it feels like, like talking through the team now because, yeah, Gushue, Liga, cool. Coldis, Mika, you're in, baby. Let's go. Four no, Chinese IDK. players. I got to speak up for IDK. So, okay. okay, go on, Johnny. Go on, go on, go on. Go I, 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 will say, I will say that, yes, Shy is incredible, and I probably want to see him in the starting roster for most of the time, but my man IDK, I, I got a weak spot for IDK. Uh, call me a simp, if you will. Okay. Uh, but I do... Yeah, I, I would probably prefer to see IDK in the lineup more so than Mika. Um... But, you know, th th at the end of the day, who, who communicates better with the team? It's a main support role. Maybe you want oh, Mika yeah. in there. So, mm, yeah. you know, who, who knows? But I don't think that we should overlook some of these Korean players either because it is legitimately competitive oh, within yeah. this team. It I is, would probably is. say that I, 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 the difference between Coldest and MCD is probably one of the biggest within the teams. I, I prefer Coldest over MCD uh, most of the time. But then, even if you get to the, like, the DPS lineup, like, okay, you have Godspy and Architect, which are two... Perfect. I, well, I hesitate to say perfect, or like even really good, because I think that, you know, based on community sentiment anyway, I think community sentiment is a little bit high on Godspy. I used to be a big fan of Godspy when he played in Apex. No, um, I can't yeah. get at me, mate, I'm sorry. 
but it, it, he has come down for me a little bit where i'm like okay this is a really flexible guy he can play most of the heroes you ask from him but the peak performance is not quite there on most of those heroes so i almost would like to see a world where we see shy and architect some of that time and then you have godspeed to like round out because shy i mean saito you haven't introduced him but shy is legitimately a fantastic player coming out of chinese contenders yeah. too um with the potential to bring something special to the apac region so absolutely you know it's another chinese player on this roster that could really be a breath of fresh air and be unexpected uh, positively it's, unexpected the more we speak about it bro the more we speak about it i'm like wait a second just run apart from the dps the full chinese lineup some of the time then run the full korean lineup some of the time because at the moment like who works best with who i do think I, I I just see it happening at this point. We talked about it a little bit too much. I it's think, so I mean, bad. To... That would suck yeah. so much, though. I know it would. It, That's like, the thing. Bro, you can't just keep rotating two rosters out. One is always going to look better than the other. And then the, the other the literal half of the team, yeah. because they've got so many players, are stuck on the bench. But also, oh, this, guy is this, this is crazy, I, man. I think running two rosters won't work for other reasons, too. Like, at some point during the season, probably double flex support is going to be meta. And, oh yeah, um, yeah. And I think at that point, if you've done the work to integrate the rosters properly, you you could well get more value out of running MCD and Coldest together. Um, sure. I I also think that you know when you look at the DPS line for this team, you're going to have to run some kind of integrated roster anyway. You can't run a full Chinese roster. They can't be speaking well. I mean, if one of these Korean guys is exceptionally talented at languages, I suppose they could be speaking English sometimes and Mandarin sometimes as well. But I don't know how common it is for Korean people to learn Mandarin. I, that doesn't... It, I don't know, but that doesn't feel like something that would be common within Korea. I, I don't know. But the... Um, Not a thousand percent, sure. But the... Yeah, the... Whatever, whatever roster they run, I think there's no question that it's going to be extraordinarily talented. Whatever DPS line you pick, um, assuming that Sominsu is going to be rotated in on, I don't know, specific stuff that he's needed for. I don't know. I don't have an answer for why Sominsu is on the team, but yeah. they picked him up for some reason. And there are a Zarya. lot of people. No, I'm going to call it now. It's probably Zarya. There are a lot no. of people out there who believe that Sominsu's reputation within the community has been skewed by his time on the Vancouver Titans. Because they still believe in how good he was before he joined that team and like the depth of uh, heroes he played. I okay. am not one of those people. I don't know why he's on the team. But I, can, I, I think this is an opportunity perhaps for him to reinvent himself. And the word Somin Su will not be synonymous with Flashbang Fang the Hammer in someone. Oh. Maybe he can like chill and play some Ash or something once in a blue moon. Just to let Shy chill. carry. <laughs> let me chill. sit back and play the Ash. I mean, hey, can someone pop me real quick? Yeah. I, I am not assuming Sue Simp. I do like Shy though. And Shy is going to take up most of the hit scan time on this roster, whether yes. you want it or not. Very yeah, good so. widow player. Definitely. Definitely. And, and I think the, the general rotation of Shy and Godsby when it comes to hit scan, and then Godsby with a little bit of flex, Shy with a little bit of flex, Architect for the majority of the flex, that should cover literally every role. I mean, th these three players are more well-rounded than some four or five-man um, DPS lines that we have in the league. So I feel, I feel pretty comfortable about the DPS. The question for me, when it comes to the Spark, the big question, 
is whether you believe their value on paper or whether you think that it's going to be hard to make that a reality. Because to me, the problem with the Spark in the past has not been the quality of them on paper. On paper, what, what did they run last year? Gushue and, what, like uh, QOQ or Rhea that they rotated through? It was Rio, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. whatever tank line they had, the, the back line of Bebe and IDK and then a, a front line of Godsby and Architect, that was, that was fine. That was good. It was above average. And that should have been able to get them further than it did. The thing that held them back, in my opinion, when I watched them, was their team play, was their, was their understanding of the meta, was their speed at reacting to things, and their, um, their, they, they kind of played a bit more of a slow reactive play style a lot of the time. I, I think that that's the next level for these guys. It's not necessarily the individual skill, although that has been potentially improved with Liga and even Banar, and then Caldus being integrated and Shy being added. The individual skill has improved on paper. But to me, where you rank the spark comes down to how much you believe in the actual functioning of the team, the team play, the communication, the, the, the VOD review sessions. Like, how seamlessly is all that shit going to work? How are they going to manage the roster? And are they going to be able to come together as a team? I, Johnny, no, I can tell no. already you're no, not a like... believer. No, I am. I am not a believer. Do you want to get to the grades? Yeah. Do you want to give me a grade, Jonathan? Yeah, go for it. Oh, I um. Give me, give me I, a, I, for you specifically, Johnny. Give me an on paper grade and then an ooh. in reality grade. Okay. I mean, I am paranoid at at this stage because <laughs> also this might turn out to be like my worst take of the entire twenty twenty one season because like I'm so I'm so like frightened to like this roster when on paper it's like good and people are like so hyped about it like I, yeah. I look at people who are like excited for this and i'm like can you not see it like can you not see the warning <laughs> signs like are you just like obliviously just joyful without yeah. considering like the potential downfalls and so i feel like a fool i feel like i'm a fool and everyone else is out enjoying life they're on the beach taking the sun having coronas and i'm just like <laughs> no stay inside <laughs> no <laughs> um so on paper i right, on paper i'll give it yeah i'll give it a b on paper in actuality i'm gonna give it a c Ooh. Ooh. That's I, I am frightened i am frightened they yeah. might make a fool of me they might pop off they might be top three apac but me new bueno i wait i i don't know that yeah my grades are a full higher than yours. On paper, I think this looks like an A-tier roster. Ooh. I actually think I'm, I'm really high on this paper on roster. Uh, this roster on paper. This paper on roster. Yeah, this I'm paper really high on this paper roster. <laughs> this, this roster to me has talent. It's like, mm -hmm. it's dripping. And then when it comes to the reality, I think they're going to be one of the more inconsistent teams in the league. Um, when it comes to APAC, that's going to cost them matches. And I think they're going to be slow off the gun. And when you only have... The Hangzhou Spark have always been slow to adapt and like pick up metas. And I think when you have only four games for a stage to learn a meta, and you only have 16 games overall, I think that's going to drag them down a full tier and maybe even a little bit more because of how competitive APAC is. So I, I'm so high on this roster on paper. So high. And yet, in actuality, I think they're going to be somewhere in the middle of the pack when it comes to APAC. And um, 
I think they're going to be B tier yeah. overall. Maybe yeah, I, maybe that, even like a B minus, like a like a Chengdu team. I genuinely think they're going to be real rivals with Chengdu for totally different reasons. I I actually fully agree with your rating. Fully oh. agree. I I think on paper, <laughs> Johnny. I think on paper, yeah, they're they're pretty cracked out. I was going to say something like an A minus, but yeah, A, yeah, and then. Depending on how it goes, probably like a B plus, but I can see the, the big gigantic pendulum swinging the other way, you know, and hitting that uh hitting that B tier pretty fast if they don't uh, figure stuff out and figure out what kind of roster and th- what kind of team they want to be as well. Because yeah. this team, I feel, could form into so many different identities at this point in time. It's very hard to tell where they're actually going to end up because of this Ginomas roster. Yeah, I think the coaches um, have got a very hard job. And they're also, I'd like to point out, this is a real test for Pejon. Uh, Pejon had an easy... You had a French accent. Yeah, I know. I don't know why I said it. Ah, Pejon. How do you normally pronounce his name? I've forgotten. Is it Pajon? I don't know. Pajon? Pajon? Okay, I'm going to call him Pajon. I butcher it. Pajon has had easy teams to manage in the past, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that... He's he's worked with Fusion University, yeah. and, the Titans, and then he's worked yeah. with the Vancouver Titans. And I'm talking old Vancouver Titans. He didn't have to manage any of that mess that they became. So this guy has essentially coasted through in his head coach positions with teams that he hasn't had to do that much with. This team needs so much decision-making when it comes to the coaching. So much needs to be hands-on when it comes to Pejon. And Pejon has U4 next to him, a coach that has a history of fucking up Shanghai season one, to be honest, even though he has had some success recently being an assistant uh, coach with the Spark. And then Andante, who people do rate pretty highly. So I think I don't want to make any claims about whether this is a good coaching staff or a bad coaching staff. I actually think it's pretty impossible to tell from the outside right now. But this year is their test of whether they can do anything with this roster. Because this roster on paper, if you manage to maximize value, is cracky. It's crispy. Do you, do you, what is that? Do you want me to give you my doomsayer Dante yes, Seven Hell? Absolutely. Yes. Okay, here's here's my Dante Seven Hell kind of narrative for Hangzhou this t- uh, this season. And if I'm wrong here, blame it on the fact that it's 5.35 p.m. We've been recording for four and a half hours and I haven't <laughs> eaten a thing today. I'm very grumpy. I'm very hungry. Okay, this is... <laughs> it starts off rough for the Hangzhou Spark. Bit all over the place. You know, a bit of a clown fiesta, as you say. You know, they sub some players in, out, etc. They don't know. They don't have a solid plan, okay? Yeah. Somewhere between like mid-stage two, uh, Pajon, Pajon Mustard. Gets fired, kicked off the head coaching role. It's like, couldn't really establish a, like an alpha kind of plan. Like, couldn't really grasp it. You know, we had a lot of talent. He couldn't really make it happen, okay? U4 gets promoted to head coach. Plays four to five Chinese players. Pretty much all game. Gets some more consistent results. Not quite what you like. Maybe you have like one or two Korean players just like, not really getting our fair chance here. See some transfers happening. Still see some good results, and we see them in like four to five in the APAC region. That's my Doomsayer Dante Seven Hell kind of narrative for Hangzhou Spark this season. 
Can we get that? Nej. Can we make that sponsored by like some super spicy fried hot chicken sauce. company? Yeah, you know, like right, a new right. McDonald's. Don't they have a new like spicy hot sauce kind of thing? You can, uh, just, we can make Bell. that. Johnny's Dante Seven Hell. Johnny Seven get, Hell. That's the new sponsored segment. <laughs> we we could get the um. We could get like the you know like canned chicken that never goes off that people buy when they doomsday prep. We could oh. get like stuff that people get when they doomsday prep, and it's just hey, this is the doomsday take sponsored by canned chicken or um, baked beans. Yeah, baked beans. Heinz yeah, beans. Heinz beans. Jugs of water. Um. Right. Well, there you have it. Some of us optimistic. Some of us literally doomsday prepping and calling for the the heads of head coaches that haven't even played already. A, a game already. So uh, does be he, top two. Is he Nostradamus? Does he just need more food? Who knows? <laughs> you can uh, you can follow us on Twitter down at the at Chat Podcast and we'll be doing uh, another another couple of these for Dallas, Philadelphia and the San Francisco Shock next week. Oh baby. That's a hot week. We'll see you then.